Welcome to the second viewing. My name's Dan. And I'm Kyle. And here we are again talking to you guys about a great film that we're not going to watch once. We're going to watch twice. Because as we do on the second viewing, we watch things twice so you can listen once, guys. That's that's how we do things around here. That's how we like to make it happen. That's how we like to prolong this hour-long or so program for you guys out there. Um, and doing that, we like to start things off with introducing the film this week and just talking about our initial thoughts on it. And this movie, this week, Daniel... We've been looking forward to for a while now. In um, fact, I think you've even like mentioned it on past off-the-cuffs I've to been the ex- point that like, we have already done it in your head, but we haven't. Exactly. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm excited to fucking watch this one, really, because I've only seen it once, and I want to watch it for a second time. Yeah, no, it's a great I've been film. been waiting to see it. And this film, this week, is, of course... The Nice Guys. Yes, yes. The 2016, I guess, cop, buddy cop comedy. Buddy cop comedy. That's the starring, best way to put it. Starring our buddies, uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's it's not Chips, guys. Don't worry. Fuck, I forgot about it's Chips. It's not that other movie, Cops. If anyone else saw Chips, put that in the comments. I actually want to know if people thought about that. It's actually just set yourself on fire. I don't think anyone saw Chips. So, not, not much fire in the comments today, I guess. We'll put it that way. Hey. Uh... Moving on, though, um, before before we get into the film on the podcast here, we like often like to bring up some things we've been watching, some things we've seen recently, something we might want to talk about, whether it's something we've mentioned uh, on sister programs like Off the Cuff or things we watch on television, anything like that. Um, that that's 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 what we like to do right now. So, Daniel, is there anything you want to... You want to bring up to the people out there that you've been watching or uh, well, enjoying? I, I guess I have a couple of things. First of all, I I recently watched Lost in Lost in Translation again. Great flag. Which is a Sofia Coppola movie. Am I saying Coppola? Right? Coppola. Coppola movie, um, and that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, dude. It's I think I might have brought this up in this very segment like a couple months ago. Like, yeah, it's a good movie to revisit. I think because you brought it up is what why I watched it again recently. So I've seen the movie quite a few times now, for sure three or four. Great movie. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Yeah, I mean, what did you think this time around? Well, it makes me want to go back to Japan first and foremost well, again. Fun fact, me and Daniel went to Japan together seven years ago. Do you believe that? Seven years ago? was really seven years ago, yeah, seven years ago. Holy fuck. We went there on a exchange program through our high school. Shout out to Bethlehem. Not the country or the city. I don't know geography. I think it's the capital of Jerusalem. Dang, you're bringing up the facts. I believe I'm not sure. Someone's gonna fact check. No, I, th- I think that's correct. I don't know anything about anything, guys. Um, no, no, it was a, it was a, it was a school trip. Basically, we went there for the summer for like ten that's days. Good. I guess. Yeah. Did we participate in group events? Nah. Who was asking though? That's what I'm saying. Fuck them. Right. We threw shit out of a window and watched it fall. Not actual feces, guys. Just. Hey, I don't know. Trash. Anything goes in Japan as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they cleaned it up in 20 minutes. It was actually unreal. A yeah. beautiful city. Yeah, Beautiful never, city. Was, There's always something to, uh, and that's what this movie did for me was it, it reminded me that there was always something to find in the city, which kind of, I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly learning that even about our small city of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Name drop. There is a few... There's a, you know there's some little nooks and crannies that you learn oh, yeah. about here and there. I think that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it, right? That's the idea of finding a, a depth and simplicity kind of thing. You know, it's like looking depth to something. Depth and simplicity, I like that. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. Well, that's Sofia Coppola's kind of like shit. That's her shtick. Right. Um, I know, I, I'm fucking with you on that. Anything else you've been checking out? Worth the, uh, the last couple of things that I, I'll mention, and not that I've been checking them out, but that I'll mention is 
First of all, we're looking forward to Game of Thrones, not because we're looking forward to Game of Thrones, but because we're looking forward to getting Game of Thrones fucking over with. Dude, I've been telling this over and over again. It's not even going to be done this season, so you need to like just chill. <sighs> God damn it. Well, I'm looking to get like this next year's worth of discussion because every single person you walk by on the street right. is like, did you see fucking... Uh, trailer. Uh, did you see that uh, dragon lady's tits again? Yeah, they were great. Daenerys, she's cool. Not my favorite character, though, by any means. No. Actually, I don't even her know tits aren't anymore. even my favorite favorite character i haven't seen her tits in like six seasons i forgot there was her tits everywhere i think time. they were in the last season she walks out of a burning spoilers not that memorable i'll be honest she walks out of a burning building naked because the fire burned all her clothes but she was fine because she's the dragon lady classic classic daenerys classic Daenerys. yeah that'll be fun i mean like game of thrones is one of those shows where i always just like wrote it off as like bullshit i was like i'm never gonna fucking watch this it looks dumb it's true, you it. did, and you stood true to that for, like, the first three seasons Yeah, at I was least. just, like, not into it. Then, I don't know, I just, for some reason, I watched, like, episode one and two, fucking hooked. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. That's now, cool, though. And the last thing I'll mention is Rick and Morty, I'm looking forward to that kicking off here. Right, right. Uh, probably by the time this episode is released, it should be, I think, July 14th is when... Oh, also, can we do a birthday shout-out really quick? Shout out to our, oh, our main out. girl, Mackenzie Porter. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, girl. Yeah, quick birthday shout out. Much love. Also, Drew's in the house. Drew, do a quick birthday shout out. Mackenzie. There you go. Birthday. We got it. <laughs> hey, our Fuck boy Drew. Yeah. Uh, we, so, we like, we, it's a variety of fun here at the Second Fury. Absolutely. Yeah, we do a lot of fun things. Um, so, yeah, that's the. I'm, I guess I'm been doing looking forward to getting Game of Thrones one step closer to being over with. I'm looking forward to Rick and Morty. Cool. And I did watch Lost in Translation. What about you, Kyle? What those have are, you been watching Those right are now? some solid fucking suggestions I got. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely on the uh, radar. I haven't been watching a ton of stuff, in all honesty. Um, uh, saw Spider Man. I'll just plug our off the cuff. Check it out. I think Spider Man's watching. Totally. Not only is our episode uh, on it worth watching, but also the film, definitely worth watching. <laughs> Um, I was into it. Uh, just it's good to see a good Spider-Man around. Uh, Baby Driver briefly brought it up actually. Right, on, I didn't I think, bring that Pirangers one up either. Yeah, podcast, but uh, yeah, that's a good flick. Um, it's good to see something a little different coming out nowadays. And the one thing uh, I'll mention, a little little uh, round of applause for originality on that one, guys. Well done. I'm actually like, well, there's some minor original originality. Um, if you guys going were to on. go to a podcast you made last year on the movie Drive, kind of the same story. Uh, it's kind of okay. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's a mix between Drive and Guardians of the Galaxy, which you haven't seen. Um, I'm, no, I'm with you on that. I get, I get it, and I I mean I'm not trying to shit on the movie, and I do like the film. I'm just like in my mind, everyone always says, "Oh, it's the fucking most original movie I saw in the past 15 years." That might be fair. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like no on it because it's like Drive is the same movie. Do I like the right. film? Yes, but I'm not praising it for originality. Well, a huge different, uh, a, a huge different. Like they've got massive tone differences, but it's true. Yeah, different tones, different stories. But at the end of the day, um, original, not necessarily. I'm just gonna go hot take on that. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I'm gonna say it's like it's it's pretty close to being in a like well. It's like, that drive, sound, yeah. it's like drive, dude. It's like drive. And it's not like that that's drive. a bad thing. Okay. Drive's a fucking great movie. I'm just saying. I want to give it props for really trying something that maybe we haven't seen on the big screen in a while. Right. And you okay. know, is it, that be- is that better than saying original? Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I I just don't think that I think there's better things in the movie to praise than its originality. That's all. I'll put it. That's okay. I'll put it. That I like that. That's good. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I'll mention in the theme of you mentioning Sofia Coppola, I recently saw The Beguiled. Which is their latest film. Right. Um, Which I've th- yet to see. This is a fucking uh, standout film of the year for me right now. 
You have mentioned this. Uh, you've also mentioned your letterbox score to me, which I'm, I've has been intriguing. Well, me. it's only a four out of five. Only a four out of five. Have you <laughs> given higher than yes, four out of five? Yeah, on Baby Driver got a four, and actually, so did Spider Man Homecoming. It's been a good fucking month. So they both got four out of five. All three of these films got fours. All the ones. But have you given anything over a four out of five on Letterbox? Uh, yes, Perfect Blue and uh, Uh, Perfect Fuck. Four point five. Nothing a perfect five. No, no, Perfect Blue got a five out of five. I think that's one of the best films ever made. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that. Wow. (laughs) No, I. We talked about that at one of our previous uh, podcasts. I would recommend that. But just speaking on Beguiled. But I guess also if you want to check out our letterbox, go to letterbox.com slash TSV. Perfect time to plug. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag uh, PPP. Yeah. Check that out. PTP. Yeah. I'm down to it. Uh, yeah. Beguiled. It's a great, like, uh, a Western or a Southern Gothic kind of film where it's like this, like, uh, Baroque kind of look to it. Everything has this very uh, elegant feel and calm feel that is common in a Sofia Coppola movie. But it has this kind of tension, almost reminiscent of a thriller or a light horror film. By no means is it a horror film, but it has these, almost like the movie Green Room, I'd say, actually, without, without okay, a lot so of Okay, so like thriller aspects? Yeah, yeah, thriller aspects. Um, and although that's not like the main feature of the film, it really does lend to the film. Okay. Um, and you get like a lot dark of, undertones. Yeah, dark undertones, and you get to really know these characters that are in the movie, like all of them, very well, and you get a kind of get a good grasp of the world in itself. And it's just, it's great character studies, characters studies, not just one character, but multiple characters. And you okay. don't see that a lot in film. Well, and you I really like say, that. I guess that's fairly reminiscent of Sophia Coppola, well, right? It's, it's the thing where she, um, she's great at telling stories of the female perspective. And that's just a great example of that. And, it's even, it's contrasted beautifully with Colin Farrell's character. And Colin Farrell, yet again, is fucking killing it. Guys, Colin Farrell's be- back. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite actors. If you would have talked to me five years about Colin Farrell, I would have told him, oh, is he alive? I thought he overdosed on heroin outside of the double <laughs> But nah, dude's fucking murdering it. Um, also, shout out to Killing of a Sacred Deer coming out later this year. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think we all are, really. But that's pretty much it for me. Just uh, things I've seen recently and also be good. I'll put it that way. Um, but now let's get into the film of the week. The of nice course. Guys. Remember, guys, it is the nice guys. Yeah. So this, farm's, uh, this film uh, stars Russell Crowe. Yes. And Ryan Gosling as buddy cops in a fun comedy action adventure. Yeah, and it's directed by Shane Black, who in the way is kind of like the godfather of like buddy cop movies. I mean, he's done Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon oh. 1. Lethal um, Weapon is kind of a classic buddy cop exactly. comedy, actually. So, I mean, in, in a way, he, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you know, he's he's done these films that kind of started the genre in a way, you know? Right. And, or, or he's written these ideas and he's, well, he's, he's, he's kick-started this way. I got to say, this movie overall is a really fresh take on that. Well, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like the Westerns in my mind, where it's like a West, something being set in a Western era isn't necessarily a new idea. But when you haven't seen it for 20 years and it comes back, it feels fresh. Exactly. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Where it's like, sure, we have great buddy cop movies to go back on and watch from like the late 80s, early 90s. But we haven't had one in a very long time unless you're trying to watch like Cop Out or whatever the fuck that shit Yeah, is. and nothing that fits to, uh, like nothing that's catered to a modern era. Or even of a even of a high quality, honestly. Because they're, they're having right. buddy cop movies coming out. Even think of uh, Rush Hour films from like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Buddy cop movies, basically. I mean, some people like them, some people don't. Rush Hour 3, very questionable film. I would not recommend. <laughs> but Rush Hour 1 and 2, 
Very good. Um, and you know what? This a lot of practical effects in this. Not like not a overload no. of fucking CGI. So in my mind, that means something that will likely stand the test of time for quite some time. Well, and it's all about charisma with this film. Like I just remember these characters being so fucking likable or so fucking hateable. It was just a fun time to see them perform on screen. And actually, there's an interview uh, with Ryan Gosling where he talks about how or no an, an interview with a uh, russell crowe where russell crowe talks about how him and gosling shared so much of uh, a similar opinion of movies that they would sit there and talk about the intricacies of each scene so the example he gave was while um and this is a spoiler and is not a spoiler at all uh there's a scene and i think it's even in the trailer ryan gosling is on the on the toilet and oh, yeah. he's <laughs> trying to grab his gun while his pants are down and he's trying to hold the door with his <laughs> knee of the of the of the stall open to point the gun at russell crowe because at this point they haven't that's, become buddies that's so and good. it's and I, I apparently that scene took a long time to 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 film because Gosling didn't know how many times he should try to swing the door open and how he should react with the gun up oh. and once it was up and having the smoke in his mouth and dropping the smoke in his pants and all of these things were were something something that took them a lot wow. long time to discuss so well, I, I got, thought that was kind of neat. I got two comments on that. One, great multitasking. Agreed. And two, awesome uh, physical comedy. Honestly, very subtle physical yeah. comedy. It's nothing that's like gross out gags or. Being obscene, it's it's well. There's a level of gross out to a degree, Actually, but very phys- subtle. Physical very subtle. Comedy, a physical comedy that uh, reigns true throughout the whole movie, right? That's true, and it's like yeah. you're talking about practical effects. There's action scenes and there's stunts, I guess, in this film, but they're all done very um, uh, under wraps. They're not they're not that extravagant, and they're very uh, in place with the scene. They make sense. They're not very Michael Bay. No, there's yeah, you're not getting some crazy fucking over the top Transformers robotic explosions going on. No, you're not getting none of that here. You're getting some honest, pure dialogue. You're getting some honest, hilarious action stunts. And the, it this, feels this very practical funny. and relatable in a lot of ways. Like when I remember this film, I honestly remember it more of a comedy than I do an action film. To be honest. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, in all honesty, I don't remember specific lines a whole lot. It's backbone seems action, but it's it's uh, it's edginess seems comedy. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of get the you get like the how would you put it when you have the older the older figure and the younger figure where you have Russell Crowe who's kind of been through the wire for years and years, and Ryan Gosling's kind of the younger guy. He has a daughter to take care of, and you kind of get that funny interaction with them too. Uh, basically being opposites, but yet the same person, you know, and it, 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 it right. really works Same person in different stages of their life. Yeah, Russell exactly. Crowe's already been through a divorce and is, and uh, Ryan Gosling uh, is raising a, a daughter. Yeah, so. he's, a, he's a single father and I don't know, it's the kind of film tour they don't even dwell into that aspect a whole lot. It's more or less like there are some family moments and when they're brought up, uh, from what I remember them being, they, they were very uh, pivotal to the film. In the way that it's not like trying just to shoehorn these aspects of the family in, and I'm talking about the daughter more so in in particular, yeah. her moments in the film are there for reason, and they have agency, and they come up when they feel necessary in a lot of ways. And that's her, what really works. her character is really well developed. It doesn't feel out of the blue. No, uh, no, it actually feels not. really well placed. Um, Who but I think it? who's the daughter in this? I don't know. While you look that up, I'm going to give a basic plot synopsis of this movie. Um, First of all, a PI uh, played by Ryan Gosling teams up with Russell Crowe, who at this point in the movie when we meet him is basically um, 
what would you call him? Uh, not a hitman. He doesn't kill people, but he, he essentially takes care of problems for money, uh, usually with physical violence, I think. is I think, I think Yeah, he doesn't call himself a hitman, but it, it kind of sounds like Yeah, one. he kind of sounds like he's the guy you give 90 bucks to beat up your beat up your neighbor because he's playing the music too loud or something bucks. like that. But you get the impression right off the bat that Russell Crowe is no scumbag about it and likely beats up uh, the guys that probably deserve it. Um, and they end up crossing paths uh, and not very fortunately uh, to begin with, uh, but become close and uh, uh, search out uh, the, uh, or seek out the, um, well, they they head out together to find the daughter of a higher up in the government. Yes, uh, yeah. the Department of Defense. Is yeah, it? they're or speaking to just like I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's like the somebody in the Defense District of. Uh, <laughs> what, you guys got to know that we've only seen this movie once, so when yeah. we're trying to, we're giving you a very brief synopsis, and we don't know the details. It's been a while there. since we've seen it for sure. Also, months. we don't like to spoil the first half. On this first half, we don't like to spoil it. So during the break, you guys can go pause it, go watch the film, and come back. We like to recommend that. But you're right, Daniel. More or less, we kind of have these two ex-hitmen, current hitmen, teaming up together to achieve one goal, I guess. And the goal, yeah, ends up being find the girl and and uh, solve uh, solve the underlying case of why she's gone and what she's doing. Yeah, kind of thing. And things take some interesting turns. I remember this film kind of going in it. Not a completely different direction, but the plot went to a direction I didn't quite expect in the third act. It, and I like that about it. Yeah, it was it was it was not unpredictable, but it also wasn't predictable, which is True which I think fresh is a good way to describe it because it was yeah it felt like a buddy cop comedy. It had all the elements. Uh, things fit together well. Pacing was strong. Um, a lot of this film, I think, uh, a lot of this film's successes, I think, come on the fact that it's such a '70s film and. 2016 like the costume design is fantastic the music is fantastic the set design is fantastic the look and feel that we're actually in 1976 it feels so realistic to me and and the ability to use a cell phone that we all take for granted now where these guys would be sitting at a payphone trying to make a call yeah. and oftentimes being connected to a call and hanging up because they see the person they might be looking for walking down the street. Yeah, and you kind, kind of, of think it's a exactly what uh, yeah. what we talked about before, more physical comedy, right? Because yeah, and you you kind of even see, you kind of even see uh like how do I put this? You you kind of see like the drama of the times there, or you see the comedy of like these '70s cliches and tropes that are kind of reused, but also done in a really funny way that you don't see very often. Yeah, and it does feel fresh. And, it, and it's, I mean, how we were talking about Baby Driver just re recently, saying like, "Hey, I wouldn't praise it for it being original." I would feel the same way about this movie in a lot of ways because it's definitely not original, but it does something familiar very well, and it does something very familiar in a way that feels brand new. And I think that is such a feat in itself. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I like the way that they paint the picture of how, for example, uh, the interactions between people, how they might be different in the 70s versus today. Oftentimes today you walk by person, a person on the street, you won't even fucking look them in the eye. You'll pull up your cell phone because it's weird not to be doing something while you pass someone on the street. Truth. Right? For some people it Hashtag is. truth bomb. Um, but back in the 70s, I mean, the only thing you knew was basically like, like 
passing someone on the street, the only thing you knew was person-to-person communication apart from the, you know, two phone calls you might make a day. Right, Not the, yeah, yeah. in today in, in today's day and age, the 500 texts you might send in a day, right? Yeah, you're sending so, 500 texts in a day? I'm, I'm making a, I don't know, maybe maybe. Dude, 50, if you're sending 500 max. texts in a day, like, not just you, but anyone out there, take it fucking easy. Take a seat there, Bucky. Just, like, not even take a seat. Just, like, take a deep breath. Put the phone down for a minute. Maybe grab a soda pop. Just chill for a second. Get a soda pop. But what, that's my point is that back in the 70s, you would have been so used to passing a guy in the street that said, fuck you, that when he said that, you wouldn't get up in arms about it. You'd be like, fuck you too. Walk away. Whereas today you walk by somebody who says, fuck you on the street. And you kind of go, I'm, I'm thinking about calling the officers uh, over to arrest you. This is a... This is invading. You know what I mean? I actually don't believe we're, you would do that. I think we're a little, no, I don't think anyone would do that, but I, I, I get it. There's I, more, I think there's that, a level of confrontation that occurs. Well, it was more, it was more, it was more, uh, consistent, more personal back okay. in those days. I think it's a little bit different now. I, I don't know. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. I see what you're getting at. And I, they paint that picture really well. Especially, I don't know how to describe that feeling, but it's there. I would in say this movie. it's especially in the character of Ryan Gosling where he's kind of, I wouldn't even quite call him hot-headed. He's more so just like quick to shoot the gun. He's so right. He he has like a like a, a short, not even a short temper. Short fuse. Short yeah. fuse. I'd say that, and not necessarily in a negative way. It's just he's very quick. He's very fast. He's very agile in what he's doing, and I, I think a lot of that comes down to what you're talking about in the way that right. his reaction to a lot of situations is fast. It's fast moving, and sometimes it feels irrational, and other times it feels warranted. Yeah, and that's definitely a positive of his performance, and you know. Like, this is the kind of film that I wasn't expecting for it to be as enjoyable as it was. It looked great, honestly. It looked like a really interesting film, but it also looked like a film that I would just maybe fucking forget about and never want to, like, never, even if I liked it, I would just forget about it. That's something we should talk about, too, is because I think the marketing campaign behind this movie was sadly poor. I don't know, though. I think it came down to the release. I was thinking about this earlier. Because this movie came out uh, in May, which is right at the beginning or even the heart of, in some way, blockbuster season. Right. And it's not the kind of film to put out in May. Because I actually, I was in Toronto when this film was being promoted last year. And I remember seeing huge fucking billboards for this thing everywhere, actually. Really? It was like these huge things of like Russell Crowe and... I thought it was an indie film for so long because I saw so little about it. Definitely not. No, this is is a a larger budget film, 50 million, only made back 57. So it obviously lost money on those fucking billboards, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um... And that's fine. I, I, it's just the kind of thing where, you know, we make fun of January and February. It's like, hey, fuck you, it's January. Red Letter Media always does that shit. And there's truth to that where it's like you're putting shit movies out at the beginning of the year because that's the only time anyone's going to watch shitty movies. Yeah. But this is the kind of film that you might have wanted to put out around March when, like, Logan was coming out this time of year. You know what I mean? Like, it would have broken up the, the tension of these yeah, more yeah. serious Yeah, yeah. And films, I think yeah. it coming out near the time where, like... Oh, fuck, I guess like Civil War was like two weeks later, I think, or like the week later. Right. It's just kind of people are wanting to watch their blockbuster films, their Transformers, their Marvel films. It was clouded films. by some big releases and it, it, yeah. it didn't play the right and part. And it's too bad because, I mean, it's a Warner Brothers picture too, so it, it had that push, you know, it had the push. It It, it is, a, it's, a, it's a quality film, like it's a really good film. It might be one of my favorite films of 2016. I think it made your list. I can't clarify that. I think, I think I, it did. I think it might have, yeah. I, I think it might have been like number nine or ten or something like that. Like... I can't remember. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. We're going to have to go back and check that. But <laughs> Oh, Peep Game on our <laughs> Best of 2016 uh, podcast that came in last year. That's great. Peep Game on that Oscar I, I, cast. Also, somewhat spoiler, uh, we'll be having a Best of 2017 so far episode coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. 
But uh, maybe, maybe before we get too deep into the plot, into the film itself, we'll, uh, we'll take a break here. And we'll come back after we've seen the film for the second time. And we'll talk to you guys about what was better, what was worse, things we found interesting, things we found, you know, maybe luck, lackluster, all that stuff. Pretty much that we're going we're gonna to explore a little bit more in depth this time around on the nice guys here after the break. And we're back, folks. We've just taken a second look at the movie The Nice Guys. Yeah, it was a, it was a thrilling ride, you could say. Uh, that being said, it was super fucking late at night when we watched it, as per usual. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's one of those things where we've seen the movie before, we know what it's about. We're, we're here to tell you what we really thought about it this time around. Get into the nitty-gritty about it. I, I think we, should, we might as well jump right into this, and I kind of want to say spoilers alert right off oh, the definitely. bat. Uh, as per usual. Just so we can discuss yeah. it a little bit more. Yeah, as per usual, second viewing, usually, guys, or the second half of these podcasts is always uh, a spoiler yeah, we like, to, we like to welcome you to spend the breaker, which, I mean, it's only like 10 seconds, but that's fine. Pause it there and go watch the movie and come back. That's what we like to exactly. recommend. So even at this point, if you haven't, now we're here. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's break down the movie a little bit. First of all, it stars um, our boy, Ryan Gosling. I don't know. Yeah. From Drive, from Crazy Stupid Love. He's a Canadian, so like you got to spread that hashtag Canada 150 love for him. 100%. Yeah, there. 100%. That's, really, that's really nice. Yeah, it dicks out for uh, Ryan Gosling, yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, actually pretty fair. I think dicks are out for that guy. Yeah, that's actually He's kind of killing it. Like, right after Harambe comes Ryan Gosling. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Dicks out for Harambe, and then Ryan Gosling. He was on Breaker High. Did you ever watch Breaker High? No, I don't know what Breaker High is. Sounds like a Degrassi ripoff. <laughs> it kind of is, actually. Imagine Degrassi, but on a boat, precursing to the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Um, um, Why would it be on it a called? boat? What's it called? What's the... Sweet, sweet life on a boat. Sweet life, sweet life, sweet life, on, life deck. on deck. Nice. We, we have our uh, good friend Mackenzie Parr of the studio. Shout tonight. out to Mac with the fact checks. Appreciate you, girl. <laughs> That's pixo.com slash magattack77. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so precursing sweet life on deck was Breaker High. The kid, he also was in like Goosebumps episodes back in the day. Okay. Because Goosebumps was technically a American like published show, but it was produced in Canada actually. Oh, that's so, neat. Just a fun fact. Um, anyway, so yeah, I feel like just honestly, as a Canadian, to a degree, I've always seen the guy, whether I I knew it or not. Exactly. He was always in, in shit. That's why dicks are out. Yeah, many dicks. Also, Russell Crowe plays his buddy in this buddy cop, this fun buddy cop comedy. Yeah. I'd say one of the better comedies of 2016. Definitely. I mean, actually, probably no, but one of the better comedies well, in a fucking while. It's very true. Like also, I can't think of the last like honest comedy I saw. I think 21 Jump Street was the last decent one that I saw. Right. Or, yeah. or Baywatch. Remember Baywatch? <laughs> we watched that. Talked about it. There's an episode. You click on it. It's probably, I forgot about that movie, but now I'm here. reminded. Remember or, that or, time when we said we were going to forget? <laughs> oh, actually, don't forget Snatched. Damn, we've seen some fucking terrible comedies this year. Remember that time when we said we would forget Snatched, Fist Fight, and fucking, what's that other one I forget already? We said we would forget them, and uh, here we are talking about them. I mean, this, don't isn't, this do isn't really it. good for the audio, but... Uh, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. For those at home who are wondering, this is a full-size Snatch poster. If you guys were wondering why Amy Schumer's... Uh, <sighs> 
Honestly, if you if you were curious about Amy Schumer's vagina, this is the movie for you. It okay? smells like soup, apparently, but she won't tell you what kind of soup. Uh, yeah, it's an autobiography on her vagina. Um, and her sadly, cooch, she, her she, fanny. Uh, she sadly brings Goldie Hawn into the situation. Who doesn't deserve it? Goldie Hawn does not deserve it. And actually, Goldie Hawn is the saving grace of that movie. But it is not the movie we're talking about, so put that fucking poster away and let's Honestly, talk about the nice guys. That was good timing, though. You have to give me that, right? It was good timing. I, did, I was wondering what that poster was in the corner of the studio here. It's been snatched for a couple weeks now. That's fucking horrible. It almost breaks my heart. But Wait, Should we replace Green Room with Snatched? Uh, They're of the same quality, I'd say. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure they are. No, but it, it also says nice guys, like legitimately a great comedy. It is a great comedy. We do have a couple of gripes and some comments, which we'll get into in a second, yeah, but like, I kind of want to reiterate the plot first quick. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, this gets into my first gripe, but go right ahead. It's a buddy cop <laughs> comedy. Uh, it's a it's 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 a simple buddy cop comedy. The uh, the 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 sort of dynamic between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling is really good. I think, um, and uh, and I guess that's it. Well, just uh, more so, like of the plot, like what actually happens, like right. So Russell Crowe is kind of a—he—he's not a. You can hire him on the side to kick they're someone's both almost ass. Almost hitman, but not. Actually. And and yeah, and Ryan Gosling is a is an amateur PI, and they, when they oh, kind of team yeah. up, they're able to solve a very big time case, which launches them uh, into a relationship to which they're not fond of each other at first. By the way. Yeah, like they have that. Um that torn relationship where they neither want to be friends or no, they don't really also want to confide in one another. Mind you, their relationship... They work together well. Exactly. Their relationship starts with Russell Crowe fucking kicking Ryan Gosling's ass. Yeah, and oh, like, there's... I, mean. I think we might have brought this up in the first set, but there's just a lot of good physical comedy in this movie. Yeah, that's like, that, that's what really sticks out, even on the second time is the physical comedy. Totally. And it's, it's yeah. subtle, and it's not like gross out, like physical comedy. It's not like someone getting kicked in the nuts and then like, hey, you got kicked in the nuts. Yeah, ah, it's exactly. It. It's, it's not, not like that. Bullshit. It's, it's actually like there's a, a setup and a payoff for why Russell Crowe beating up Ryan Gosling is funny. You know? Yeah, it, exactly. It and why Ryan Gosling getting beat up is fucking funny because there's a scene where he's at a party, he gets a little too wasted, he's trying to hit on a girl, he falls over a balcony and stumbles across his next clue and it's set it and that's your payoff right there. Kind of yeah, sets up yeah. well, and then there's this nice comedic finish when Russell Crowe finds him and is like, "Are you fucking wasted?" As they're dumping the dead body. <laughs> yeah, that is good. And um, they dump it on a dinner party by accident, well, which I think is in the trailer, by I the guess, way. Like, I guess <coughs> it, one thing that's really interesting about the movie to me is that it has this classic and timeless feel, like kind of already in a way. It, not like It's hard for me to say this is going to be one of the best movies ever made. I almost don't but really it does, think that. But I, it feels yeah. very um, well-crafted. It's like it's it's the kind of movie I almost describe in the vein of maybe Baby Driver, but also like movies like Back to the Future, where it's hard to say that they're like these fucking Citizen Kane best movies ever made. Exactly, they're just good movies that almost anyone can enjoy. It's good. It's a good movie that's going to stand the test of time, and unfortunately, it didn't do amazing at the box office. Yeah, it wasn't but it's going to stand the test of time because you know what? I'm sure that when Beverly Hills Cop one, two, and three gets played out on on late night movie television, fucking. <laughs> I did see it on television the other day, actually. But, actually twice. Anyways, but <laughs> as soon as those get played out, The Nice Guys will be the movie that replaces it because right, it is right. it no, is I, a really I, I neat buddy comedy, and I think there's... 
I mean, that is the heart and soul of the movie. It's not the 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 depth of plot. It's not the the necessarily uh, huge cliffhangers and 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 it's it's no Shutter Island or Citizen Kane or you know the Goodfellas. It's trying to get, I don't mean to put Kane. them in the same boat. I was just thinking of like cliffhangers at the end. That's okay. a good point. That's a good point. Um, no, it's it's the kind of thing though where it almost feels like style over substance, but it's not quite. It's not quite there. Right. It, in a lot of uh, buddy cop comedies, it's the it's the opposite kind of a, opposite attracts kind of idea where it's like one person is clearly more opposite than the, and the other. But I think where this movie succeeds is that they're not that different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're relatable enough. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or at least they like kind of overlap in at least one area. Well, and I think a lot of it uh, seems almost like uh, like it almost seems as if like a. Uh, Ryan Gosling is a younger version of Russell Crowe, and Russell Crowe is almost more like a, a more learned version of him. Right, where but, he's seen the hardships a little bit more. And it kind of feels that way at the beginning, but then coming into the film, you realize that they're both very different people, and you've learned to grow with each other and understand that. But I think that's why it's successful, because it's not like, uh, like, like take a rush hour where you have like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, where they're these complete two different people from opposite sides of the world, and they're coming together to fight together, and they find yeah. commonality, and it, it's sweet and it's heartfelt, but... It, Automatically, you get like that separation, but in that, here, there's a bit more contrast, of a yeah. there's a bit more of a connection from the from the get go in a way because they both have they both live kind of grimy lifestyles. It's, it's more believable that they came together. Yeah, yeah, and it, that, that, that's what's really good about this is everything's really confined in the the L.A. Uh, 1977 L.A. that they weave. And yeah. I mean, that's... Which, by the way, is well introduced. I mean, we yeah. had to question ourselves a couple of times and f- kind of we fact check it. We were a little but, uh, It does make sense, and it is taken care of well. I do also want to mention that in a lot of buddy cop comedies, sometimes the plot is not everything, and it almost makes me want more. It's like I want to see more of these characters doing uh, plots that are similar to this, where they're not amazingly, like, uh deep or super meaningful. Um, but I just want to see them solving more crimes. Like it feels like it could have its own TV spinoff in some ways, kind of the way the yeah, feeling I get and from that, it. That's kind of what I don't like to be honest. Cause I'd rather see this in a television format. Like if it was a TV television format, a serialized television show, I think it's fantastic, but I mean presented a film, and in that way, I'm expecting some level of excellence in terms of the plot. Right, but then there's this other question that's like Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, them doing a TV show, probably a little bit less likely. And I think that well, their performances together is uh, carries a lot of this movie. I do in I, some I, ways. I and I think that's how a television show would succeed. I think a television show would be a great idea, but. If I'm just judging just this movie, not the hypothetical television show, right? It's like the plot's the worst part of the movie. You it, know? It, I agree with you. Because yeah, and, and it's I not even it's necessarily like a bad plot. It's like there's far worse plots out there. That's for sure. It's, it's just very stale. There's nothing to it. There's not. There's no meat on the bones. You know. Yeah, it's very much the kind of secondary part. You really are left wanting to see more of the characters and the things they do in the movie uh, are less important. But uh, it, overall, it still it still is a, a really great movie. Yeah, and like, I mean, building on like the 70s feel, like, I mean, I mentioned the first half, the costume design is unreal. I definitely yeah. noticed the music was so enjoyable this time around. That's <clears> something <throat> I, I didn't even pick up on. I wasn't also, I mean, again, it was a little bit late at night. Well, the, the music was like this, like, kind of like this funk-infused, like, mysterious remnant vibe reminiscent of like a 70s, like... Uh, like a fucking Scooby-Doo kind of... Well, not as hokey as that. More like... Um, 
even like the Munsters or something, okay. or like uh, even like Cheers to a degree or something yeah. like that. Like it, it didn't feel far off from something that was made in the eighties or nineties, but yet it, it it made sense in the context of this movie. Right. And I really liked that. It was like this like soft kind of jazz like. It was almost like a better version of what they were trying to do in La La Land with like Ryan Gosling's parts in a way. Right. <laughs> like whenever he was on screen, it was always like this jazzy thing in the background, which worked. But in here, it, it made more sense, kind of. Because of the setting. Yeah, because yeah. of the setting. Yeah, exactly. And I liked that. And um, one thing I wanted to bring up, I guess, was the color palette is really successful and also the way the film's graded. I I, I agree with you, absolutely. Because it was, it, it's this like... Um, like earthy 70s tones almost. Yeah, but it's also kind of washed out, like... Um, it's where did I write this here? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I like I I noticed that the most I think when they go and check out Sid the kid's burnt down house, and when that little kid rides his bike up, right. I think that's where I noticed the color palette but the he, most. Even when they're like uh, all the action scenes, I find they they have this kind of like more washed out tone where like there's these bright colors, but there's almost like a fade on the thing, like a fade like right, filter. like it's a party. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. That's something that's super reminiscent of like Avengers films and like a lot of Hollywood movies these days have the exact same color palette, but that feels tired a lot of times nowadays. Yeah. Talk about it all the time. But um, in this film, it, it seems like a good use of it because it's mm-hmm. it adds to that feel. It almost feels like there's like a, like, a, like a mock grain to it. It's yeah, it, like it there's is a grain in the film the or something like that. And it, I mean, if you were even just like to strip the audio and strip the dialogue from this film and just show stills it would seem like a believable 70s film brought to you present day. And there's a few right. things that mention that too, or like they talk about Pocahontas and like we were kind of laughing at the fact that... Because it just would have came out back then. No, not quite. Pocahontas came out like 93. Oh. But like she's a real life person, of course. So oh, people, right. I mean, you could look in history books and bring up who Pocahontas is, but I would argue that like a 70s porn star probably wouldn't dress up as Pocahontas to a... To a like a, a gathering just for the hell of it. Yeah. You know, there there's these there's these small little things that still make it feel of the day, even though it's so embedded in 1977. Right. And that, and that actually I really like it. It's not like in your face. It, it just feels fresh and new. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that rare version of a comedy where... All these elements come together where, in a lot of case movies these days, there's an element that falls short. And whether it's too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen, or what it, whatever it is, too many writers in the writer room. You ever seen Too uh, Many Cooks? Too Many Cooks? No, I have not. Dude, it's like a hilarious little skit from like uh, Adult Swim. I'll, I'll have to show you after this, and I'll link it in the, in the show notes. It's great. Sorry to cut you off there, but that shit's I, hilarious. I'm glad we, we, we stopped for that. Dude, honestly, too many cooks? Like, you're going to... Okay, you're, all right. You're like on it now. Now I'm hyped but, uh, for this. Should we fuck it? No, we're not going to no. watch it now. I, I know. But you but, should actually check it out. It's good. I'm, I'm being honest. Okay, I will I'm not, check I'm it out. I'm not just saying because it's good. Are you done? Trust me, no, I'm not. Kidding, we okay? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't know what happened, but all uh, the we elements that... the 70s and the, the way it. that things work. I mean, this is really the biggest charm of the film, right? Like, yeah, the fact that uh, so many different elements came together to make a good movie, um, which is rare to see in present day, especially with superhero movies, when you've got 20 people sitting in the writer room and everyone has their own direction and ideas, and oftentimes it it's conflicting. We're starting to see a couple movies poke through, and 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 in 2016 there was that was rare, I think, and yeah, and especially yeah. in the in the genre of comedy. So this is one that sticks out for me in 2016, and I would absolutely put it on uh, my list to even watch a third time. Damn, that's a that's a high recommendation. And I mean, 
it's it's a good it's a good starting point for like uh, a trend to go forward. I would think because we get so many films that are adapted from something, whether it's a TV series, movie, book, board game, whatever the fuck it might be. Yeah, I think we just got to go back to making genre films. I think that's fine. Exactly. You know, it's like there's already Let's get tro- back to our roots a little bit. That's there's where already, movies started evolving. There's already tropes in place for buddy cop movies. There's tropes in place for horror films. There's tropes in place for comedies. You know what? Sure, copy some of those fucking tropes right off the bat, but make them your own. And this is, film's a good example of that. It, it still feels fresh and original, even though in it, reality it's not. But it, it, it takes it, a done idea and t- has a fresh take on it, and that's yeah, fucking. That's I, more. Excuse me. That's more of what people want to see these yeah, days. And in a comedy like this or a film like this, it's it feels natural because the comedy's natural and the chemistry between Gosling and Crow range true on the second viewing. It's it's. You want to see these two, like, hang out in real life kind of thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. To the point where I was looking up interviews of the both of them and uh, and talking about working with together on this film, and, and that, that was very interesting, too. But I think before we get into giving this guy a rating, um, should we talk about maybe what it made at the box office? And, and Well, we, we brought it up a little bit on the first half about, like, how, right. you know, it cost $50 million and made 57 which, I mean... Likely it, it, it broke even if that... It Probably not in terms of bu- in terms of marketing, because, like I mentioned, I did see a lot of billboard advertisements when I was on vacation last year for this film. Right. I forgot you had mentioned that. So, I mean, yeah. it's... I'm a little hard-pressed to say that it was successful, to be honest with you. But again, we kind of never know, because we never get those numbers for advertising and marketing on that kind of stuff. And it is it is really sad, because yeah, whether it broke even or was unsuccessful, or didn't break even, I guess, um, it it kind of deserves to, in, in, in an originality or in a fresh take of yeah. a used idea and a genre with tropes that we expect to know, and it... It does have some very fresh comedic elements to it, and I think the relationship between these characters is awesome. The plot kind of lacks behind, but I'm I'm overall very happy with this movie. I would recommend it. And have you have you noticed if it's been on like Netflix or anything lately? Like I haven't seen it pop up on Netflix or anything. Have you like seen that, us on Netflix? But I think this would be a successful Netflix. Movie. I was going to say like this is the kind yeah. of movie that I think. People back in the day would say that like films got a second life on DVD or on home release. Nowadays, it's like films get a second life in on Netflix. Oh, for sure. And it's the so, largest streaming service in the world, I think, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, no one goes on Hulu. Let's be serious. Um, but, if I uh, could, I would, honestly. <laughs> that's pretty fair. I'm trying to watch Hadmaid's Tale. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't actually know either. Like... I think I think it would be a film that people would almost consider a hidden gem, you know, or like a, a very agree. underrated film. Um, you know, it's also shout out to the kid from Paula Alto that's in this movie. Oh, respect. That, that's respect. Um, oh, is that uh, what's his name? The the project yeah, projectionist. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Paula Alto? No, I haven't, you but should, I've seen trailers. You should watch it. It's like kind of shitty, honestly, but it's also very charming. So you've got two cases and one DVD. Is that correct for Palo Alto? Very correct. Actually, no, I, I found the DVD recently. I forgot to tell you this. Oh, well, actually, my Someone in my house found it, actually. Where was it? So I currently have a second copy of Palo Alto if you just want it. I mean, let's put it on the shelf. It's on the shelf. Put it on the shelf, guys. Um, actually, I think it was there at one point, just the case. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you were like, hey, dude, can I get Palo Alto back? Uh, you forgot the DVD, and I was like, I never opened it or watched it, dude. <sighs> dude, I can't find it anywhere. Um... Just some positives again, like Russell Crowe is actually killing it. He's no longer fighting around the world. He's just in LA doing his thing. I respect, really appreciate yeah, that. respect for Russell Crowe coming down. I guess uh, a like, little bit to reality. That being said, the only thing, like, there's like two things that bug me about this movie is like it's Ryan Gosling is doing that same like suave, cool guy routine. He doesn't like 
four out of five movies he's in. But he's clumsy about it. He's a little bit different about it. Is he though? Like Stupid Crazy Love, same guy. Big Short, same guy. It's just like, I'm this suave guy, but I got flaws, but you love me anyways because I'm funny. He's just that every time. That being said, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think okay. It's it's a negative. That being said, I'd say this is his best version of that. Okay, I I'm, think that's I'm, fair. I'm I'll agree with that. that. I'll Be- agree with that. And then it was nice for me to see La La Land, where he kind of toned that down and kind of found this good middle ground. I really like that. We yeah. talked about that like back in the day. Which is his last two performances, which says yes. a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I would like to see him honestly stray away from this kind of character, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. Like seeing Ryan Gosling as like this hotshot, cool, kind of sneaky dude. I, it was good first, but like I'm fucking tired of it, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know one guy, one hotshot, cool guy I never get tired of seeing, though? Who's that? Zac Efron. Fucking shout out to Zac Efron. That guy's, that guy's got it. Should we say dicks out for Zac Efron? Dicks out for Zac Efron, <laughs> dude. I, I agree. Yeah. That guy's cool. I'm into it. Um, yeah, and like we mentioned, like the plot's... The plot's not even that weak. I just think the plot is there for an excuse to utilize the characters and for us to like the characters. Uh, yeah, the plot is a three and a half, three out of five. The movie, though? Oh, shit. We're gonna, do, we, do we even rate movies on the podcast? I guess we can now. I think maybe <laughs> in this time. case, because I had that epic lead-in, maybe we sure. should do it. Okay, well, and also it was on your... It was on your best of the year list last year. It was on my best of the year list, yeah. All right, then. Sure enough. If you guys want to check us out on Letterboxd, check us on letterboxd.com slash TSV. Daniel, what would you give us out of five? I'm going to give it a four to five, Kyle. Dang, um, that's a good Only movie. in reference to a couple other choices that I gave three out of five that I think this exceeds. And because Letterboxd doesn't right. allow for point, .25s, this guy's that's going stretching. for a four. I'm into that. That's actually... Um, that's exactly what I'd give it, four to five. I stand by that. Yeah. I think this film is definitely worth watching on a second time. I'd recommend it to people who've seen it the first time and maybe felt lukewarm about it. Definitely watch it again. You know what? It's, 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 a, it's a good film just to watch in like a nice sunny afternoon, I'd that's, say. That's exactly what I'm getting at. It's a good sh- movie to have on your DVD shelf to fucking have somebody pick it out because oftentimes you have a guest over they want to watch a flick um that's one that i guarantee they probably will not have seen judging by the box office results and the success of this film however it is a hidden gem and it's a good movie to have around no i'm 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 with you on that man i think it was good to finally cover this one because we've been talking about doing it for a long time and it it was just a fucking refreshing flick to check out um i'm hoping we get something like this coming out in the near future it'd be nice but i mean as always guys be sure to check us out on all the social medias facebook twitter instagram all that stuff subscribe to us on youtube you can follow us on soundcloud if by the time you're watching this soundcloud still exists because soundcloud might be shutting down we don't have stuff going on we're not really sure (laughs) too sure we're gonna look into it just like the rest of the world is um Um, and as always if you do like the show make sure to hit us up on patreon if you'd like to donate to uh help us get a new camera and new lights like we've got now we do appreciate it deeply of course if you need the money keep it in your pockets folks but that is patreon.com slash the second viewing that is right if you feel so inclined um yeah itunes google play music sound thing whatever it's called that's such a long title whatever that fucking um, service is if you want if you can watch podcasts on it we're there that's true that's very good except so. spotify i'm having gripes with those guys lately i'm trying to get okay spotify is giving <laughs> us a little flack they don't like that longer but, content unless you're Z's on sorry so yeah honestly overrated uh, yeah right? I, i'm gonna say it, a fuck is he's on i don't like the guy like anymore the guy randy can fuck off dude, dude yeah, fuck. it's randy anyways let's get out of here um but one last thing guys just can we get a shout out to our boy dad it's his birthday right now mac that's where you clap too very loud thank you everybody 
claps for himself. I appreciate that. Dick, dicks out for D-May, says they always oh, that's say. That's where we're going to end it. Thanks, guys. Right, See you okay, next bye. week. Bye.